Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Thursday, January 4th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and we are happy to have back with us. He was with us last season. Thought we'd have him a few more times on the show between then and now, but we got him now for the one of our early shows in 2024. Our good friend, Jay Rosell back on the Ice Guys show. Jay, what's going on, my man? Happy New Year. How are things? Same to you. Nice to see you guys again, Alex. It's been a while, but uh, yeah, things are good, man. Hectic and busy and uh, yeah, coaching a couple hockey teams, doing a couple hockey podcasts and working a little in between and just life's busy, man, but it's good. It was a good holidays and good to be back to the routine now. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, tell us what you're doing. You're doing Leafs Morning Take. You've done a, pretty much a season and a half now of that show. Uh, 11 a.m. Eastern, and you're also doing a new show with HockeyFights.com, a site that I visit every day because I want to watch all these fights that are going on, NHL, ECHL, AHL, you name it. They post everything, but Department of Discipline is the name of that show that you're doing with HockeyFights.com, so tell us a bit about that one. Yeah, so the uh, the company I work with, AbsorbedHockeyFights.com, and they thought that brand needed a podcast, and um, I agreed. So we went on to start doing it and it's me and Ryan Pinder who does the flames barn burner. They've, uh, they went into podcast form recently and left, uh, left kind of the fan 960 radio setup, and, uh, it's been going good. It's kind of a show that's not a lot of X's and O's and numbers and standings, but it's more of, uh, you know, cultural stuff. What's going on in the game? What did you see? What are people talking about? And, Really, nothing's off limits, and uh, we're kind of breaking down whatever we we see out there and what we think. And yeah, we're jumping on board with that uh, hockeyfights.com uh, following. So it's been awesome so far. We've only been going for a handful of weeks, so uh, it's been off to a good start. No doubt. Like you check, yeah, I noticed I've, I've t- actually tuned into it a couple of times, and you're talking about fights that take place, incidents on the ice, usually violent incidents on the ice that, that take place. I know I gave Nick Cousins a piece of my mind in that Good Branson incident uh, a few weeks ago. I think that was a complete disgrace seeing him turtle the way he did uh, in that well, scenario. But uh, nevertheless, he's at it again. Yeah, yeah, I know. And then uh, I don't, I don't mind Jason Zucker popping him one. Uh, the other night in that game uh, against Arizona. I mean, I've had enough of that guy, but that's that's another story. Um, let's get into last night, and it's a great segue because we did want to talk Leafs since obviously uh, Rosie does the show involving the Leafs every day. But last night we saw the Devils take care of business against the Washington Capitals. Nice, solid 6-3 to three win. Thought it was a great situational spot for the Devils in that game. Uh, cashed the best bet with uh, – over three and a half on New Jersey. Uh, Alex also had the first period over uh, in that game as his best bet, so that was good to see it come through. Uh, we missed on the Luke Hughes um, bargain bin special at plus, what was it, 575, but, man, he almost got that goal for New Jersey that was given credit uh, eventually uh, on the uh, power play to someone else. But uh, still, Luke Hughes is someone you want to look at. He's shooting the puck a lot. You're getting these great prices with him uh, to score a goal. It was a great bounce-back win for the Devils. Uh, no question about that. Uh, credit to them. And then in the late game, uh, I don't know if I was watching Lucas Dostal or Lucas Hashik, you know, to keep the uh, Czechia theme going 
uh, obviously both of them Czech Republic uh, goaltenders. Uh, that was just a scintillating performance from the young man, a guy that the Anaheim Ducks think could be their number one goaltender uh, in the long term. And really, he was the only reason that game was close with the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs last night. He was excellent. Uh, it seemed like there he was a brick wall. Nothing was going to get past him until finally a puck hits the post. And John Tavares is there to whack home the rebound, tie it up. And then Austin Matthews fitting. He gets his 30th goal of the season in overtime uh, to win it by a score uh, of two to one. So the Leafs, uh, I, I can't believe I'm saying this. They put two quality performances together. Yeah. None of this crap with, you know what, we had a great game against L.A. We're just going to fiddly fool around here uh, in Anaheim and just think we can go on the ice and step on there and win a game against an inferior team and not bring the work ethic, not bring the intensity, not win puck battles, not win board battles, not be rough, not be intense, not be physical. They carried the game uh, against Anaheim and eventually they were rewarded for it. So credit to the Leafs. Even I can't bash them uh, today, which is something I've done often uh, in the uh, past. Rosie, you follow this team. You do the show covering this team. Wasn't that a sight for sore eyes seeing them actually put two solid road performances together in a row? Well, it was because the games before that, uh, a handful of them were were disasters. They're they're famous for not showing up and not having, you know, the understanding that this league anybody can beat anyone at any time. So they've been losing to bottom feeders. I think they are three for 11 um against those bottom feeder teams and it's just unacceptable for a team that considers themselves uh, a top rung team this year there's too much talent and when the talent doesn't show up that hard work's going to beat them and they seem to run into a lot of teams that that take it to them so to you know kind of reverse the trend on people calling for Keith's head and wanting some big time changes it's nice to like you say string two actual 60 minute efforts different games too against different style of opponents but they got the uh the right result at the end of the day which is good to see for them yeah they sure did alex your thoughts on last night yeah well i said you know uh leafs putting together like i said another good effort and i said they had to show that to me i, I was you know worried about like i said you know the the hype with hill to be and like i said coming off of a, a great defensive effort and a shutout performance that night before uh but they, they played a solid effort and like i said you know anaheim uh, you know, was able to kind of match that same kind of intensity and play. You know, those two teams you don't necessarily think of playing a two-one overtime game uh, it, with their current styles, but it's a great sight to see for Toronto. They can bottle this up and be able to, you know, harness this kind of defensive effort when it gets to April and May. Uh, then, then that's what's going to be the real key. But to be able to have these, like I said, stretches of, of good defensive play, uh, that's a great sight for them. It's frustrating, Alex. If you're a Leaf fan, you're frustrated. Even after the last two wins, you're frustrated because you see, holy shit, they can do it. It's yeah. in them. They can play this way. They can play with structure. They can block a ton of shots. They can communicate properly in the defensive zone. They can mark their man properly. They cannot give up too many odd man rushes or outnumbered situations. They have it in them. You just don't see it often enough, and you don't see it consistently enough that has been the issue and i have to give the leafs credit for a team that's been without lilligren and they've been without giordano and they have had many of their defensemen out they've seen the foot soldiers like will loggison step up uh jake mccabe is playing better with more minutes and the one that's catching everybody's eye right now there you go simone benoit uh for the uh, toronto maple leafs who is hitting everything in sight i don't think i've seen him make one mistake one not one so far, as far as a glaring turnover, 
a glaring miscue with the puck. I haven't seen it yet from him. And obviously we've seen him have the ability to drop the gloves as well and get in there, stand up for teammates. So he has been a absolutely pleasant surprise uh, for this Toronto Maple Leafs team. And I know Rosie, who didn't mind throwing down uh, back when his playing days is probably, I can already guarantee, and he's probably going to confirm that right now. He's a Simone Benoit guy, aren't you? Yeah, surprise, surprise. I, I mean, I like that style of play, and the Leafs have been desperate for it. Uh, we thought we were going to have to go outside to uh, to find any bit of that, but um, lo and behold, Simon Benoit was up to the task to step up, and by no means do I think their defense is done or of, of deep playoff run caliber, but to find someone like that who's ready to do something now where you don't have to go outside and give up prospects or picks or anything like that to get somebody uh, leaves them, you know, in a little better position where you're like, wow, that's and, and you can see that that play is really rubbing off on the rest of the team. They're playing bigger. They're playing stronger with more confidence, a little bit more aggression. And, you know, it's uh, the games where they're winning and the games where they're, you know, in control. That's definitely a factor. So to see him come up and step up and realize there was a need for it and be able to to provide has been awesome. Yeah, he's been absolutely, he's been a godsend really for the Leaf Blue Line at a moment when they uh, needed it the most. Um, well, before we get off the Leaf path, there's rumblings that Nylander's contract is on the verge of being extended. They're close. And we're here in close to $11 million. I mean, the Leafs are in a tough spot, Rosie, with the Nylander contract, where obviously if that's going to be the figure, if this deal happens, it's closer to the Nylander camp's demands, clearly. And the Leafs are going closer to what he wants. But at the end of the day, they're seeing the season he's putting together. They know how important he's been to the success of this team, particularly this season. It's almost at this point where, hey, this guy's too damn good. We can't lose him. And I think the Leafs camp is kind of settling on that kind of thought process right now. Yeah, I think it's too hard to to move on from them. I mean, I mean you, you you search up and down for those types of players, and when you got one right there, uh, he deserves to get paid. It's a big number, but you know you're hoping the cap goes up considerably, and you know they're going to find themselves in a crunch here in the next year. And I mean, it's of my opinion that that I would move on from Mitch Marner. Um, I don't think that what he's going to command for a dollar figure and how much he's going to take up. From the cap, I think those core four are making too much, especially with Jonathan Tavares making $11 million. Um, you're going to have to back away from somebody. And to me, you got to lock uh, you got to lock Willie up, and it's going to take a big number to do that because of the season that he's had. Um, then you, after that, you just got to cross your fingers and hope he, he keeps showing up like this and this isn't his stealing and he'll fall back down to earth. You're, you're hoping that doesn't happen, but there's no reason to think that's it. And yeah, like I said, I'm of the camp that Marner is someone you could move on with, get a lot of pieces to your puzzle out of uh, out of the, the people in the league that would want him on their team. So that's where I'd be with it. And then definitely if you, you were able to do that, it would ease up on the, on the Nylander contract and the pinch that that puts you in. Yeah, and uh, like I say, I think they've realized this is just too good of a season. We don't want to lose him, uh, and he's playing uh, extremely well right now for the Leafs. There's no question. Uh, they are back in action, of course, Saturday. They'll wrap up the California road trip, and that'll be the next game where Leaf fans are petrified about a potential play down to an opponent situation Saturday night against the San. And will we see Dennis Hildeby? You know, will he get a start here uh, on this road trip? I don't think he will. I, if you ask me right now to put my Sheldon Keith coaching hat on, I don't think he's going to start. On Saturday, I think Martin Jones against another one of his former teams, especially with the nice little vibe and the two wins you've gotten with Jones in net in the on this road trip. I think you got to don't upset the apple cart. Keep it rolling like that. Potentially. I mean, I've never been against playing a goaltender a whole bunch. It seems to be 
you know, a forbidden thing to play him back to backs these days and then to go to him again a couple days later. Oh, the sky would be falling. But, uh, no, I, I think they're going to get Hill to be in. I mean, if you're going to do it in Toronto, like with all, I think so one of the teams on this swing here is is a good time for them to throw him in. But say they don't, I mean, some people will think the sky's falling, but I think cape, or goaltenders and athletes in general this day and age are more than capable of, of taking on that workload. Although, it, you know, Martin Jones has been bailing them out big time with some injuries and problems going on with Samsonov. I think that... Uh, you know, if you if you do injure him, it's very dangerous. You will go down the standings in a hurry. You don't have anyone to back up. So to try to sneak in in that position, I think it's more ideal than trying to do it in Toronto. But uh, again, you got your reason. You said that it would be, uh, you know, worthwhile to go back to Jones. So we will see what Keith decides. Yeah. And, you know, Ian, we talked about that yesterday. We, we wanted to see what, what we're going to get from Hill to be and making that decision of, you know, who would start in that San Jose game. Yeah, you might really actually be, uh, you know, a better situation would be to start Hill to be in that spot since he's proven he can play. If you, you weren't worried about starting against Anaheim, he played well. So obviously, San Jose being the worst team, you know, give him that start. Now, like I said, rather than having him come back home, uh, you know, and, and having him start against a, a top tier team, you know, give him a San Jose uh, and, and let him build that confidence. And then once you get back home, Jones is fully rested and ready for, for the home stretch. Yeah, it could be. I mean, that there, there's there's good points to be made for either of those two guys, Hill to be yeah. or for Jones to wrap up the road trip. And how long Samsonov going to be away from the team? Is this like a uh, a one? Uh, is this a one week uh, stay at the monks temple or like what? What the hell is he doing right here? That's what I'm. You know, is he doing his little seance and his little you know meditation or I don't know what the fuck they're doing with him. But uh, at the end of the day, this is not to me a a, a few days and a one week thing with Sammy. Uh, away no. from the team. I think this is a couple weeks. So it's not like there's a rush to get Dennis Hill to be in there. He's good. There's going to be plenty of opportunities for him to start because I don't think this is a short term absence from the Leafs for Samsonov. No, I don't think it is either. I would, uh, I think there's going to be some point in time down the road. Um, I think it's going to be in the, the months era, like a month, two months. How long is he going to be down there and try to start playing some really good? you know, goaltender and, and get your confidence, get your timing, get your angles back and start to feel what it's like to have confidence again. I think you'll get another chance up with the Leafs and what he does with that is up to him. But I mean, if he doesn't make drastic improvements, he won't be a big part of the the plans with the, the season moving forward. No, that, that's absolutely true. So it's going to be interesting to see how they play it with that. And one last thing before we get into this Thursday card, I'm telling you what, and I was watching and it just happened. They were playing all the uh, post-game uh, you know, press conference uh, player availability after the Leafs-Ducks game. I'm telling you what, if you ever have an issue falling asleep, having trouble getting a good night's sleep, or you want to capture the cure for insomnia, you just put on a nice little clip there of John Tavares talking to the media. Uh, after a game i mean my goodness that'll get the job done for you i mean holy shit it's like well we've got this this is that monotone droning robot voice of his it's just and even i and it was late for me it was after 1 a.m and i'm my head starting to go like that just going back and like it was snapping like well this guy's still talking holy shit my goodness uh yeah, yeah that'll, that'll that'll put you to sleep in a hurry listening to jt after a game my goodness uh, i would I agree with you he's a little energy in his voice honestly than uh, john tavares He's got too much of the old token phrases. I I don't think there's a point in interviewing him. He doesn't give you anything. Maybe that's by design, but I mean, it's just too much for me. Uh, you're you're still a person. You have a personality. Um, I, I don't. I think that's kind of how he is in life. And I mean, it served him well in the hockey 
um, in his hockey arena, but uh, it's not like you say worth even listening to any sort of interview that he does whatsoever. It's not that he, it's not just Jay that he doesn't say anything of substance. It's that monotone droning, just lull you to sleep voice of his. There's just no energy. There's no uptone in his voice ever. Even what, what he said. Even what he says, it's nothing you don't already know. It's not yeah. no inside thing. It's no nothing you could sink your teeth into at all. It's uh, it's just talking blatantly, basically about the game. And we were prepared. A lot of buzzwords. Uh, oh man, it's uh, it, like you said. I would just prefer certainly do something else, or else get ready for bed. Yeah, exactly. That's what I said. Cure for insomnia. There you go, Great. John Tavares. That'll get it done for you. Uh, no question uh, about that. Yeah, it's just, it's a rough listen. There's no, not, nothing else to say other than that. Uh, yeah, people asking about this USA-Finland game. Uh, we were talking, uh, me and Rosie, before the show started. I am I jumped on USA plus 140 a little bit. Uh, it's still around that price. They're down 2 nothing to Finland after the first period. Keep in mind, there's a loaded roster, and it's a roster that's got firepower galore on it when you think of everybody that they've got on this USA team. So they are not out of this game. And if they make it two to one, they're right back into this game. So I think there's uh, they're worth a shot right now uh, at a nice money line price here. So a little live bet cast impromptu here, a world junior bet cast, if you will, with this uh, USA Finland game. Speaking of the bet cast, we've got our main January bet cast Tuesday, January the 16th at 7 p.m. Eastern. We're looking forward to it. Uh, and again, uh, if you want to join us on the BetCast, you just uh, email or DM Alex or I. We'll send you the link. It's always fun. We lo- watch the NHL action that night, bet the games live, uh, throw back a couple of uh, brews as well. Uh, bar and pub type of vibe with every BetCast. A lot of fun. Uh, I mentioned it to Rosie. If he wants to pop in for a couple minutes, uh, he's uh, more than willing to do, uh, able to do so and certainly invited. So good stuff with that. Uh, Tuesday, January 16th. And then we've got a Patreon exclusive BetCast coming up later in the month. So looking forward to that as well. All right, let's get into this card. It is a huge Thursday slate. We will begin with the Buffalo Sabres and Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Buffalo minus 140 road favorites, uh, six and a half being the total in this game. Uh, For the Montreal Canadiens, this is a bit of a tricky spot for them. Uh, They're coming off the big win against Dallas uh, on the road uh, in their last games. Very impressive. I I continue to see Montreal night after night. You know, you're getting quality Mm -hmm. efforts from them. You look at that road trip. The Dallas win was a good one. They were in the game with Tampa. Uh, The Florida game wasn't that bad. They gave Carolina a pretty tough game. I mean, for as depleted as they are i mean marty san louis getting a lot out of this uh, montreal team you've got buffalo off a 5-1 loss to ottawa uh, that took place on new year's eve and as we've said all season alex and i you bet buffalo off a loss you don't bet buffalo off a win they are off a loss they don't string two wins together you expect a better effort and certainly it's a nice spot for them but man you're talking about laying minus 140 with a flighty erratic team like the Buffalo Sabres. I know Montreal's in a really tough spot here. First home game off a of roadie uh, against some pretty good teams, but I'm just not sure Buffalo minus 140 is the kind of value uh, that I'm looking for. We've seen two of the last three meetings go to a shootout uh, between the Sabres and the Canadians, uh, and we've seen Buffalo play two of their last four games to overtime. Montreal's been in a lot of one-goal games. Three of their last 10 have gone past regulation, so to me, there's a draw candidate here. Uh, to start the card, and you can get plus 360 or so uh, with the draw. That's kind of what I'm looking at here with the Sabres and the Canadians in this matchup, where it looks like Devin Levi and Jake Allen are going to be the starting goaltenders for their respective teams tonight. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Buffalo, Montreal. 
Yeah, it's not my favorite draw on the list, but definitely a, a draw candidate for sure. I saw plus 340 at Caesars, plus 325 at Bet Online. So shop around and get the best price. But I definitely think this is a, a solid game for a draw. Like I said, Habs coming home off that uh, road trip. That's kind of the spot where we you know, tend to see these teams, especially now we're getting into that second half field. Where it's, you know, we're we're going to start to see the back-to-back start to wear down some teams. We're going to start to see some of those trends that we've liked to hit for years and years. They become more prevalent in the second half of the season than the first half. So looking at you know, kind of fading away teams coming home off of, the, of a long trip or, or like I said, you know, a, a ton of back-to-backs, uh, you know, the, the five and eight days, that kind of thing. That's where we start to look at those spots. So I think this is one of those spots. I wouldn't, like I said, be laying a price with Buffalo. I don't trust them to win the game. But I don't really trust the Habs in the spot either. So a draw and a decent price. I agree yeah, there with you that. Go. I, like go ahead, the, uh, I, I like the value in Montreal. Um, you know, they're back at home. Like you said, I think Marty St. Louis is doing some better things. You know, their first start of their season, guys like Anderson are just not having, I think they're going to get back on track. And with a, a team, like you say, Buffalo, who's big head scratcher, I just like the value with the money line and the draw things appealing too. there's tons and tons of reasons that you just said on why um, both of those teams you could think would go to a draw and the value is always there on those draws, which is nice. Yeah, and we've done it a lot this season, Jay, and uh, certainly uh, based on the emails, you know that I bet a lot of draws, and Alex has gotten me going with the draws the last few years. Uh, Alex is actually the innovator of the draw bet. Uh, He was really starting to bet those a lot more than I ever did, but this year we're seeing an unbelievable increase in overtime games and shootout games. Look at at just the Toronto Maple draws, you know, as I call them. Uh, yeah. They're le- among the league leaders in overtime shootout games this year. They played another one last night against Anaheim. We call them draw a trip to draw Island, the Thailanders, the yep. New York Thailanders, we call them, because they end up going overtime a lot. Uh, I like the Islanders and abs draw the other night, uh, ended up cashing that one. Um, there are just so many teams in particular that have been very strong as far as going to overtime or a shootout, playing close games consistently. And that's why if you, it, it, it's okay to bet three, four draws a night, five draws yeah. a night on a big card like this. All you need to do is hit one or two and you're profitable. That's, all, that's it out of four or five draw bets, and that's the beauty of it. Uh, and certainly this year we've seen a huge, huge influx in overtime, and uh, we have people ripping us on this show for betting these draws earlier yeah. in, the, in the season. It's like, do you not love the plus 350 cash, plus 400? Do you not love winning a bet with that kind of price tag next to it? Like holy mackerel! What what's with the anger here? <laughs> yeah, ten, 10 teams have double digit numbers in games going past regulation already. We haven't even hit the all star yeah. break. Yeah, so there you go. Which is usually when the overtime games pick up because the points yeah. become more valuable. The games become more important as we get closer to the playoff race. You're right. Normally, post all star break is when we see more overtime games, but we're already seeing way more pre all star break this year than we've seen before. I do want to mention, and I want to bring his uh, comment up on the screen because he's actually a common viewer of this show and Jay Rosehill's Leaf Morning Take show, Tim York. There he is. uh, Timmy. There he is. And Tim York, uh, Jay, we've actually seen him and we've heard him. This is a very funny guy. Goose is his nickname. He's joined us on our BetCasts before. He is a dedicated and one of our better uh, Ice Guys family members, as we like to say. So a good man as a, a diehard Leaf fan. Those guys are good to have around. Good to see you. Good to see you. And he's and he's got a great dog as well, uh, which oh, we've seen on on the uh, on camera before during the uh, betcast as well. The one yeah. and only goose. Uh, all right, as far as props go in this game, 
Um, you know, I, I, I keep saying Josh Anderson, just because he's found the back of the net, you're getting almost plus 300 for him to score. He's, you know, heating up lately uh, for this uh, Montreal Canadiens team. Uh, for the Buffalo Sabres, you know, I'm going back to the well with, you not see nothing like the mighty Jack Quinn. Jack Quinn. Uh, he has been very good since returning from injury for the Sabres. Uh, we're going to try to keep cashing those goal props in, on him. And again, you're getting a very good price as, as usual, around plus 340 uh, in some instances with him to score a goal tonight. All right, Columbus and Philadelphia. We've got one of Jay's former teams, the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, Philly minus 190, uh, home favorites, uh, six and a half the total uh, in this game. I'm jumping on the Jackets here, believe it or not. Uh, plus 160 uh, a little bit in this spot. It's a tough, tough, tough situation for the Flyers. They were out west in the, the Western Canadian swing with the Canucks, the Flames, and the Oilers. And it didn't actually go great at the end of that trip. They had a rough uh, final uh, couple of games. They lost a, a close one to Calgary, 4-3. Uh, they lost 5-2 to Edmonton after that. It's now three losses in a row for the Philadelphia Flyers. They come back home. Uh, facing the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Now, look, are the Jackets a very good team? No, they are not, uh, obviously. They've had a tough season at 12 wins uh, on the campaign. They're also a little bit banged up. It does concern me that tonight Provorov may not play. Igor Shinikov, who's been one of their great forwards lately, uh, producing offensively for them, is a game-time decision as well. So that's a little bit concerning, but it's just a really tough spot here for uh, Philadelphia. And if you actually look at Columbus, you know, they lost to Boston. 4-1, but Bruins, we know what they're capable of. And the Bruins have played well uh, coming out of the Christmas break when they weren't playing well going into it. So they've clearly, they looked at the post-Christmas break schedule as we need to get our shit together and get going again. So the Bruins have done that. Uh, and then after that, before that, they lost to the Leafs. They lost to the Devils in overtime, the Sabres in overtime, which was on a back-to-back, -back, the Leafs again. You know, so they've played some pretty tough teams. New Jersey, they've played twice, the Leafs three times, Florida. You know, they've had a pretty tough schedule, Columbus, and they've been competitive in a lot of games. And now they catch the Flyers off this long road trip. I think it's one of those close games, hard for the Flyers to win at all, let alone win by margin. So I'm going to go with the Jackets and a smaller piece of the draw here uh, in this game with the Jackets and the Flyers. Uh, it looks like for a goaltending, we've got Tarasov confirmed uh, for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. And really, the Jackets goaltenders are fucking interchangeable at this point. Merzlikens is up and down. Uh, Spencer Martin's not really a trustworthy goalie. Uh, Tarasov's kind of the same way, but uh, they're interchangeable. We expect Carter Hart for the Flyers, but not confirmed yet. Alex, uh, what do you like here, Jackets and Flyers? So, yeah, I was saying in the chat, there's a lot of first period overs I like tonight, more than draw plays, actually, uh, with this big card. And this is one of them. Uh, just looking at the trend, Columbus 7 and 3, uh, their last 10. And then in the matchup with these two teams, We've seen four and two the last six, last three games, two, two in the first period. Uh, and Jackets were down uh, two, one in the first period and then a one, one tie. So I'm also going to take a sprinkle with both teams to score in this spot in the first period as well as the first period. Over. All right, there we go. So first period over and both teams to score for uh, Alex with this one. Uh, Rosie, what do you think here? Columbus, Philly. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I like everything you guys said, but um, you know, Columbus, I think they're, a little bit more legit than than what people lay on and what they've got going on in the standings. I think they're competitive against uh, more teams than it, it looks like. And with Philly, I think it's tough to come off a road trip when it didn't go your way um, to pick up and try to get things back on. It's oftentimes you pick up kind of where you left off and got to go back and, and fix the mechanics of what's going on. 
and uh, once you get back home. So I'm going Columbus, and I'd go as far as to take them on the three-way, which is, you know, you're getting plus 230 on there, just thinking they're going to take her uh, without overtime. So um, got there with some big value. Wow, that is. That's an excellent uh, price there with the uh, in-regulation there for Columbus, plus 230. As far as props go, any of the Russians, Shinnikov, uh, Voronkov, and Marchenko have been great for the Jackets. Fantilli's heating up. He's been really good on the top line, Adam Fantilli. I like what I'm seeing out of uh, the first-round pick. Uh, Dan- Danforth on the top line's been uh, picking his game up lately. And don't sleep on Kent Johnson because if Shinnikov doesn't play, I'm seeing that Kent Johnson may take a spot. And I believe he scored the only goal for Columbus against Boston the other night. So you're talking about a guy that's actually one of my favorite props here and will become one of my favorite props in this game for sure if he moves up to the uh, top line for the or second line for the uh, Jackets without um, Shinikov if he doesn't play. So Kent Johnson, you're going to be able to get uh, a really good price for him to score a goal tonight. I'm just uh, taking a look right now. We can see plus 480. Uh, in some spots for uh, Kent Johnson tonight to score a goal. So that's excellent value if he is indeed going to fill that second-line spot vacated by Shinikov if he doesn't go tonight for the Jackets. All right, next up, we've got um, Pittsburgh and Boston. Uh, We've got the uh, Bruins minus 145 home favorites, six the total. That was probably the worst period of hockey we've seen uh, from a lot, any team this year, what Pittsburgh brought to the table against Washington uh, in the first period the other night. Alex and I talked about that yesterday. That was a ghastly first period. That was fucking horrific, horrendous, brutal, uh, bad as it gets. I mean, they were terrible. <laughs> they were making mistakes. They couldn't get out of their own zone. Jari was soft with the, some of the goals he gave up. Uh, he gets pulled. Nadalkovich enters the game. And really, from that point on, last two periods, Pittsburgh outplayed Washington. Washington then was hanging on you know, for dear life right at the end of that game uh, and ends up with the uh, 4-3 win. But uh, Pittsburgh made a strong push. Uh, we'll see how they fare here tonight against Boston. Boston's rolling since the uh, Christmas break. They've played extremely well uh, coming out of the Christmas break, gotten their game back with uh, four straight wins, beating Buffalo, New Jersey, Detroit, Columbus. Really, though, the New Jersey wins the only really great team they played. Detroit's been up and down. Uh, Columbus obviously has had their struggles. Buffalo's obviously not been consistent. So we'll see how they fare here in this one against the Penguins. Boston's won four of the last five meetings. I feel like Pittsburgh may, I'm going to take a little look at Pittsburgh in the first period because I think they know they've got to start this game better than they did. But I don't know if I trust Pittsburgh to win the game for the full 60 minutes. You know, you might be able to catch Boston here coming off these, uh, road games that they played against Detroit and Columbus, maybe a little flat-footed early. And with Pittsburgh starting the game playing like absolute horseshit against Washington, like I said, probably one of the worst first periods I've seen a team play uh, in that game. You'd think early in the game you're going to get uh, a better start to the game for Pittsburgh. And that could be where Boston coming off the road might be uh, a little bit more susceptible and vulnerable. And Interesting that Mike Sullivan is going with the hotter hand right now in net. Alex Nadelkovich, he's outplayed Jari. You know, he's, he played very good in a couple of recent starts. He was he kept Pittsburgh afloat in that game and shut the door uh, in the Washington game as they el- attempted to come back. So I think it's a good move to go with Nadelkovich. He's actually played pretty solid lately. So for me here, I'm going to take a little shot with Pittsburgh in the first period uh, in this one. Uh, the draw is, again, kind of, I lean that way, but there's other draws I prefer uh, on this card. Uh, Alex, what do you think here with this one, Penguins and Bruins? Although I think uh, Alex is uh, 
away, away at the moment. So we'll get back to him. Rosie, what do you think? Pittsburgh. No worries. Yeah. I mean, you said it all with the Boston Bruins are harder than the pistol and the Pittsburgh Penguins just don't have it right now. Um, I like coming off a road trip when it goes well, getting back to your home barn and everyone's excited and fired up to keep this thing going at home. Extra reason for that. And I mean, for plus 110 on, on the three-way, just to take money line with the Boston Bruins, I just, uh, to me, that's, I just believe they're going to win the game handily, and I'm taking that. Yeah, I could see Boston winning the game. Like I say, for, for me with Pittsburgh, it's more of a first-period look uh, in this game. Yeah. I don't know if I trust them for the full uh, 60 minutes. Uh, as far as props go for uh, this game, for Boston, you know, we've been riding. Trent Frederick, I'm going back to the well with Trent Frederick. I cashed a ticket with him the other night, plus 380. This guy's suddenly popping in the goals for Boston. Mm-hmm. We know he's a great on the forecheck. He's physical, doesn't mind a fight every now and then as well. Uh, he just is a good, hardworking, tenacious player. Uh, and now he's starting to get rewarded at the offensive end of the ice for the Boston Bruins, which is great to see. Really like how his game is evolving. And he's got a better offensive touch than people think. Uh, and all of a sudden, we're starting to see it for the Bruins. So Trent Frederick, someone that appeals to me. Morgan Geeky, of course, is someone we've cashed a few props with him as well since he's been up to the top line center spot for this Bruins team. So there's a couple props that interest me here in this game on the uh, Bruins side. Uh, for Pittsburgh, you know, Brian Rust is back. Ricard Raquel's been on fire since he's been back, especially the last few games. So I'd probably look maybe toward Ricard Raquel as far as some props here on the uh, Pittsburgh uh, Penguins side uh, going into uh, this matchup tonight. All right, the uh, Chicago Blackhawks taking on the uh, New York Rangers next up. Minus 480 for the New York Rangers here, his own favorite, six the total. That being said, do you want to take Chicago? I don't. Uh, not only a Chicago team that's struggling, but, you know, got shut out by Nashville. And what's disheartening, Rosie, about that loss for Chicago is you you got embarrassed by Dallas on New Year's Eve, 8-1, to one, and then you get shut out in your next game by Nashville. And the mm-hmm. thing we I noticed in that Nashville game was Connor Bedard was very quiet, very unnoticed, which is rare. He's had some more good games than bad games. But when he shut down, there's just nothing really going for the Blackhawks. Uh, offensively yep. and that is something you become a little bit concerned about you'd expect them maybe to step up a little bit here but i don't know if i'd want to buck the rangers tonight off getting drubbed by carolina six to one the other night in that big matchup uh, against a division rival it was an ugly night really for them defensively it was one of igor shesterkin's better games in that and again he's had an uneven season shesterkin you know jonathan quicks uh, at times outplayed him this year uh, we'll see if he can bounce back, but I'd expect the Rangers not to take Chicago lightly based on what happened to them uh, the other night against uh, Carolina. So for me, though, there's really not much value with the Rangers. What are you going to do unless you go minus two and a half or minus three and a half and take a shot on the alternative puck line with the Rangers? There's really not a lot of value here uh, to be had. So for me, there's not much. It's a, this is definitely one of the games that as of now, it's a pass for me. And, you know, I don't pass on much. I'm an extremely high volume better, but. This one I'm passing at the moment. What do you think here, Jay, with uh, Chicago, New York? Yeah, when I saw those numbers, I I thought the same thing. There's no point in uh, – I don't like those really offset ones. And to be honest, I, I sometimes I like to take the underdog on there and take a flyer, but not even not even like this. Like you said, everything stacks up uh, in their favor unless you want to go alternative money line. But there's it's just not one that I really like to sink my teeth into. I will say this. Anything Artemi Panarin, because he's been absolutely outstanding – uh, for the uh, New York Rangers, and he's against uh, his old team, the Chicago Blackhawks. He'll want to probably do some damage and put on a show, uh, no question. And yes, great point by Cuban uh, in our chat, talking about the debut of Brennan Othman 
Now, this is someone I remember watching at the World Juniors for Canada, I believe, last year. And he had a great junior career. He is going to be a very good defenseman. This is a guy that in Hartford in the AHL with the Wolfpack, he's got 32 points in 28 games this year. Nine goals, 14 assists, 23 points in 28 games for the Hartford Wolfpack. Uh, and he's uh, warranting the call up here. He's been very solid for this uh, Rangers team down in the AHL level. And his game's got the ability to translate, I think, a little bit to the NHL level. And if you're interested in the old scoring a goal in your NHL, now he is a defenseman, but he's got the ability to put the puck in the net. He's more of a facilitator, uh, set up his teammates than he is a goal scorer from the blue line. But he still has nine and 28 games for Hartford this year. And you know he's going to be amped up. You know what that's like when you're on Broadway or on at MSG. You're making your NHL debut. You may shoot the puck a little bit more just because the adrenaline is just coursing through your veins. So not the worst thing in the world. Uh, you know, it's plus 450 out there for him to score a goal in his NHL debut. That's tickling my buying bone. I love the bargain bin specials when it comes to those goal props. I love those 490s, those 500s, especially when the situations dictate that it makes sense. Uh, and I think, you know, for Offman, there's worse uh, bets that you can make than that with him to a score goal. Like I say, for any Chicago props right now, you really got to focus in on either Bedard or whoever's on his line, because those are really the only guys that are going to consistently score and produce offensively. And they're banged up too. Taylor Radish is on IR. Tyler Johnson's on IR. Of course, Hall's out for the year. Beauvillier left the game the other night. He's on IR too. So there's all, all kinds of all kinds of injuries all of a sudden for the Blackhawks. Morozik and Shesterkin uh, in net. By the way, it's Reichel and Kurashev flanking Bedard on the top line tonight. So if you're going to look at props, I'd say Reichel or uh, Kurashev since they're going to be lined up with uh, number 98, uh, Connor Bedard, here in this game tonight. All right, we move along now. Next up, it is Tampa Bay and Minnesota. Uh, the Lightning minus 125 road favorite, six the total in this game. Uh, Tampa Bay's got to be the most depleted, injury riddled mess right now in the NHL. It's just uh, really unfortunate to see all the injuries uh, that they have, and it's catching up to them. You know, we've seen them uh, obviously lose back to back games to the uh, Minnesota or to the Winnipeg Jets uh, over the weekend. They lose to Calgary uh, in their last game, and they just look very, very feeble uh, all of a sudden offensively. Uh, with all these injuries that they have. Uh, and of course, Kaprizov uh, with the uh, incident with Brendan Dillon and people are going on and on about that. Sportsnet went on and on with a, a passionate debate during the panel last night that everyone's talking about, uh, about that incident with uh, Kaprizov and Dillon and then the re the retaliation by Minnesota to high stick Perfetti, uh, all that. Uh, I'm not going to get into that. I've talked about it already. Uh, but nevertheless, I look at this and it's tough to back Minnesota right now with all these injuries. And it's not just... Kaprizov. It's Marcus Foligno who does everything for them. Forecheck, physical, can chip in offensively. Marcus Foligno's out. Your number one goalie for the season, Philip Gustafson, who's been the better goalie this season, is on IR. Uh, you've got two of your best, if not your two best, defensemen out in uh, Jared Spurgeon, who's again on IR. This guy is like the body parts of cotton candy and plastic. It's just, it's unfortunate. Jared Spurgeon can't stay healthy for more than like 10 games right now. And it's happened again. He's injured again. Jonas Brodin's out on the blue line as well. And Matt Zuccarello, Zuc, still out for the Wild. So they are a injury-depleted mess right now. Make no mistake about it. I can't back them right now. The conundrum for me in this game is Tampa Bay is a team that I have not been backing on the road this year. They have been a terrible road team, the Tampa Bay Lightning. They enter this game 7-13. and 13 
uh, on the road. And uh, again, they lose on the road the other night against the Winnipeg Jets. How the fuck did they screw that up, by the way? Five defensemen uh, in that game for the Lightning. They screwed it up. Uh, somehow they had to start the game with a one defenseman short uh, due to cap issues and uh, who is available, late scratches, the whole bit. So that's a bad scene for Cooper and even for Brisebois, the GM, to allow that to happen. You can only play five defensemen the other night against Winnipeg. That being said, I'm going to make an exception tonight because I just think Minnesota is an automatic bet against right now until they start to get healthy. So I'm going to go with Tampa Bay here, minus 125. I don't bet them on the road often, as you guys know. And usually it's never a, a, a team I'm looking to back on the road. But I just feel this Minnesota team's in a world of hurt. And with Tampa off, you know, the loss to Winnipeg, you know, they've lost a couple now the last few games. Uh, and they've also faced a pretty tough schedule. Uh, they played Winnipeg, they lost. They played the Rangers, they lost. Florida, they lost that game. They did beat Montreal. But three of the four, last four opponents, pretty tough, pretty good teams. I think this is a nice opportunity for Tampa Bay to take advantage of a injury-riddled, shorthanded, and depleted Minnesota team. So, Lightning for me, minus 125. Uh, we got Alex back. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Lightning Wild. Yeah, this is an interesting game because this has been a heavy, heavy trending home series. Uh, you know, I, I, talk, I told the story on older episodes of the Ice Guys before about the, uh, the the trend of where the Lightning used to come into town. I used to hang out in the same bar that I used to hang out at Allery's if they had a day off before games and more often than not, they usually came out a bit sluggish and, and lost at Excel Energy Center and vice versa. Whenever the Wild were playing, it was usually the second of a back-to-back or the first of a back-to-back tied in with uh, with the Florida games, and they usually end up having losses. So I, I'm tempted to take a small shot with Minnesota at home because they need to to get things rolling. And, and with all the injury issues, uh, you know, they got to find a way to, to stop this skid right now. Otherwise, things are just going to continue to snowball. So maybe a shot with the Wild first period money line. And along with the first period over, I really love that first period over here. We only land a dollar twenty-five. I think we could see goals uh, coming in early. I think both these teams really know they got to get you know get something going early in this contest. Tampa Bay hasn't been a great team on the road. The Wild have played better at home than on the road. But like I said, they just got to get things rolling in the right direction. They need goals early in order to, to try to get a win here. So uh, looking for a lot of action for early. Let's go Wild first period money line and first period over one and a half. Hmm. There you go. Uh, go ahead, Jay. Yep. Nah, I'm just saying every time I, I, I lean one way for one reason, there's, there's a very good reason to negate that thought. And it, it leaves me just standing there with nothing and I don't like to go in blind. So I, I'm leaving it blank, but I, I did like what Alex touched on the first period over. Um, I do enjoy those bets quite a bit. Uh, I look at as it as in usually like, is it going to be a one nothing hockey game at the first period? And in this day and age, and like you said, the goaltender setups, the guys that are coming back. And um, I just, I, that's the only thing that really tickled me right there. So I'm, I'm kind of basically passing except for that first period over uh, Alex mentioned. I, I just took a look at that and I'm going to jump on that. Yeah. And a couple good props for Tampa. I mean, Nick Paul on the second line, there's value. Hagel, there's value. I mean, Kucherov, you bet him, I think, over one and a half points every game. I think you're still uh, in good shape usually doing that. And I could see this kind of being a bit of a bust-out night for the Lightning uh, offensively. If you're going to look at anyone for Minnesota, the good news about Minnesota being depleted up front is that there's guys in different uh, moving up to the top line and the second line. And I love that from a prop standpoint because then you get the value on a guy like Marcus Johansson. Uh, Marcus Johansson playing on the top line with Eric Sinek and Boldy. So there's some value with him. And keep in mind, he's got five points, two goals, three assists for Minnesota uh, in the last uh, four games. 
Uh, I don't know if he's going to contribute, but he's playing. And Hartman's another one because he's been better offensively lately on that second line, but also up on the second line. He had a couple chances the other game, didn't score. And I love saying his name with the French accent Nick Patin, Nick Patin, Nick Patin for the uh, Minnesota Wild. Um, this is a guy that's been everywhere. Hell, he was with the Leafs for a bit, I remember just briefly. So he's been everywhere, but he's on the second line uh, for the Wild tonight. So if anything, you're going to get some value. Uh, with his props tonight in this game. All right. Uh, uh, by the way, Alex, because uh, you jumped out for just a few minutes. Quickly, did you have anything Pittsburgh-Boston, Chicago Rangers? Absolutely nothing on the Hawks game. That That's probably the nuttiest line I've seen in a while. Uh, <laughs> the Hawks plus 360. I think I saw on the, uh, the three-way line there, plus 510. Uh, that being said, PO'd Rangers, right? After the Carolina game, you would think. Yeah. 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 So maybe take a shot with Rangers team total, something alternative. That's the only thing I look at. But there, nothing for uh, Pittsburgh and, and Boston. Like I said, we kind of want to observe that game and maybe look for something in game. Want to see how that first period, uh, you know, starts out. Boston hasn't really been a great team to back with first period overs of late. Uh, Pittsburgh definitely seems like a team that could really be either. They lay another egg early, or they get things rolling and, and take that frustration up from the last game out uh, early in the contest. So I just want to kind of wait and see what that Pittsburgh ball game. All right, good stuff. Vancouver, St. Louis. Uh, we got Canucks minus one sixty road favorites, uh, six and a half being the uh, total here in this game. That's actually six and a half, is what that should say. Um, look, uh, Vancouver righted the ship against Ottawa. Man, that what a rough night for Jacques Martin. The Senators down five Cobb. 5 nothing after the first 20 minutes the other night. And then Vancouver just put it on cruise control, really, from that point. And now they begin this road trip here, taking on the uh, St. Louis Blues. Binnington confirmed in net for the Blues. Demko projected uh, to be the uh, starting netminder here tonight for the uh, Canucks. Um, you know, I just don't want to lay a buck 60 of this kind of price with uh, Vancouver. Now, St. Louis has lost two in a row uh, against Colorado and Pittsburgh. So is the, um, you know, the bump from the head coaching change, Craig Berube fired. And Drew Bannister taking over. Yeah, you get the bump. You get the little streak. But now they've lost two in a row. Is it coming back down to earth again for the Blues? Uh, that's the uh, big question you have to ask yourself. I don't know if I love Vancouver in this spot, though, going on the road. And keep in mind, the Blues have been a thorn in Vancouver's side. Uh, St. Louis is 5-2 and two in the last seven meetings uh, versus the Vancouver Canucks. And here in St. Louis, I believe the Blues have beaten them two in a row here uh, in this building. We have seen two of the last three games go to overtime. Vancouver rolled St. Louis at home 5 nothing back in October. Uh, so this is the first meeting since then. There's nothing really a lot that I have here. I don't want to lay this price with Vancouver. I'd actually lean slightly to the Blues, but I don't trust them enough. The draw, maybe, if anything, here for me with the uh, Canucks and the Blues in this one. Alex, what do you think, Vancouver, St. Louis? Yeah, just strictly uh, for the first period over, <clears throat> excuse me, I got uh, minus $1.35 at Caesars. I play this up to $1.45, and I wouldn't even wait to grab this live. I would grab this one early because I think we could see some pace back and forth. Both teams 6-4 and four to the first period over in the last 10 games. Yeah, like I said, you know, I just feel like this could be an interesting contest. I would also look to that full game over too, uh, at six and a half. I just got that gut feeling that this could be just kind of a, a high scoring up and down affair. You only laying a dollar ten, so I'm going to go first period over and full game. Yeah, the last time they played in St. Louis, which was in March last year, it was six to five Blues in overtime. So you certainly saw a lot of goals. It's not the way Tockett wants to play. Uh, but in this spot, you know, I, I I think, you know, with Vancouver on the road, maybe you're a little looser defensively because they did tighten up against Ottawa. Tockett wasn't thrilled with their effort against Philly when they lost to the Flyers. And you could see it was better against uh, Ottawa. Will they sustain it on the road? We'll see. There's a USA goal. That's what we're talking about. They're on the All board. Right. 
uh, down two to one now to Finland. Uh, Rosie, what are you liking in this game here? Canucks Blues. Uh, just nice and simple. I think the Blues have got their number. Um, I just don't know if uh, Vance trending right now, and uh, I'm just taking a nice clean plus 130 on the money line with uh, the Blues. It's got a feeling. He's got a feeling right there. And I, I, I've got that feeling too. I've had a feeling of, about this game since I started looking at it last night when I was handicapping the NHL card for today that I, I just got that feel this is a tough game for Vancouver. Because I remember Chicago almost beat them when they went on a Midwest road trip like this. And they struggled with Minnesota and they lost actually to Minnesota. So these Midwest games, they, you know, they can be tricky for the Canucks. And, you know, the Blues, for the most part, the effort's been there. The intensity's been there since the coaching changes. It often is with most teams in that situation. As far as props go for this game, I'd go back to Kairou. Kairou's been a different player under uh, Bannister. Uh, Thomas has been excellent for the Blues. And then for Vancouver, uh, you know, JT Miller uh, has been excellent. Uh, Bluger and Joshua on that third line have been good. You talk about sneaky value and props. You could be looking at it with them. All right, so what we'll do is we'll do this game here. Um, with uh, Colorado-Dallas next up. It's the game of the night. And then we'll just get rapid fire from Rosie for the next six games after that, and then we'll let him go because he's going to have to uh, depart at the uh, top of the hour here. I got, I got, I just came on some extra time. I don't have to meet someone I thought. So let's, so let's keep rolling, and I'll keep you guys abreast of what's going on. All right, there we go. So maybe we do have some more time. And this is one of the games of the night right here coming up. Colorado and Dallas, uh, looking forward to it. Uh, this is your Matt Robinson special, if you will, of course, as the uh, Stars fan. Uh, we've got Dallas minus 125 home favorites, uh, six and a half the total here uh, in this game. There's a lot I like in this game, sides and totals. We, and that's not even mentioning props, which I'll get into uh, in just a moment. But I love this setup tonight for the Dallas Stars. And I'm on Dallas here, minus 125 in this game. They're off a loss at home to Montreal, where really that game, you know, actually they didn't play that bad. Sam Montembeau was really good in net that night for the Habs, but they were still missing a little juice. They were still not at that level that the Dallas Stars are capable of playing. And I think tonight now with Colorado uh, coming in, not only the team that won the Cup a couple of years ago, which Dallas is trying to achieve themselves, but you've got a Colorado team that is three points up on Dallas for first in the Central Division. Colorado overtook Winnipeg. It's a three-team battle right now. Colorado, Winnipeg, and Dallas for first in the Central Abs are three points up on the Stars. This is a huge, huge opportunity for the Stars. Uh, they're usually good off a loss. And Colorado, a lot like I talked about with Tampa Bay, you guys, they've not been the same team away from home. Too often this team has been mediocre, the Avalanche on the road. I mean, their road record's 8-10. and 10. You know, They have a ro losing road record coming into this game tonight uh, against the Dallas Stars. They were fortunate to escape past the Islanders 5-4 in overtime. That was a game they were trailing you know, multiple times in that game as well. So uh, I think Dallas has the chance to get a victory here in this game against uh, Colorado. Uh, and you look at head-to-head, -head, Colorado's won uh, each of the last two, and they won in Dallas 6-3 to back in November. But, um, you know, this is a different Colorado team. Since then, their road play has just not been consistent enough. Um, so I think it's an opportunity for the Stars here coming off the loss to Montreal to bounce back strong. I'll lay the buck 25 with them. And you know what we're doing as far as totals. We're going right back to the well. First period over, which is what, 17-2 and two in the last 19 Dallas games. I mean, they've been one of the best first period over teams in the NHL this year. Uh, Avstars over first period, over full game as well, because I think you're going to see goals. It is still Wedgwood in net for Dallas, who's always capable of giving up goals. 
especially when you're playing a team like Colorado. And on the flip side, look, it should be Georgiev in net for the uh, Avalanche. He continues to be less than inspiring. Let's put it that way uh, in net for the Avalanche, just especially of late. So it's going to be an exciting game. I think you're going to get goals early, goals often, first period and full game over. And I also like Dallas here, minus 125. Alex, uh, one of the games of the night, what do you like in here? Colorado, Dallas. Yeah, I mean, it goes without saying we're on the first period over with Dallas. Uh, we're, like I said, still riding that. Uh, Stick a recording now on this show whenever we talk about <laughs> that at this point. It's just every show, you know, we're betting Dallas first period over at this point. Yeah, until until something drastically changes. Uh, and like I said, you know, the biggest thing with that trend was, you know, having, and it, it was unfortunate, obviously, but having Jake Ottinger go down now with the team having to run Wedgwood so hard, he's he projected to start yet again, or they got to go with the, the inexperienced Matt Murray. So uh, that trend's still running hot. But we also like both teams to score here. Uh, like I said, definitely would be looking at the over. It's not my favorite look for full game over. I, if I had to do anything, uh, I would probably take the correct score shot 3-3 three, three, because I also like the draw here in this spot. This is a classic draw. Like you said, the draw setup of, of a second half. And you got two teams that are battling for positioning within a division, positioning within the playoffs. And, you know, these are important points. Like you said, Dallas does not want to come out of this game with zero points. Neither does, does Colorado. If this game is tied 2-2 or tied 3-3 three, three late, we're going to see this thing come to a snail's pace. They're going to start playing low and slow try to preserve that point. We're going to see more of that, as, of course, as things go on into um, February and March and into April. But this is one of those spots now that I like to circle. And, and in the second half, when we talk about draw season, these are the moments that make draw season. So we're going with the draw, regulation draw. We're going the first period over, and we're going with both teams to score in the first period. Yeah, you're like me. Lots to like. This is like the buffet. You don't know how much you should take, and you you take too much sometimes. Not in this case. Uh, we love a lot here in this game. And you've talked me into the draw because, you know, I, I could see this being an overtime game. And Dallas has gone to overtime in four of the last ten games. And like I said, if you've been on Dallas draws in all ten of those games, even cashing just four of them, you're profitable. You've made good money. Absolutely, you've made good money, and that's all it takes. Uh, Jay, what do you think here? Colorado, Dallas. Yeah, I just I just like that first period over. I think both teams got reasons to come out hot. Um, you know, goaltenders, like you said, are, are not exactly the the standouts with with both sides kind of not sure right now. So the first period over, I'm just going to hammer that. I like that you guys both like that as well. And uh, yeah, it should be one of the more interesting games to watch. But that's kind of when I went a little heavier on on this game. Yeah, definitely. Nachushkin, Duchesne. Uh, I like on each side, Duchesne against his old team, 100%. It's a great angle for him to score a goal tonight, make an impact. So Matt Duchesne, anybody on that second line with Marchment, Duchesne, and uh, uh, we've talked about them ad nauseum. Uh, they've been absolutely terrific. Marchment, uh, Duchesne, and Sagan, they've been uh, great on that second line for uh, Dallas. Uh, you're right. I like I like Drew Ann, actually. Drew Ann, not only to get an assist, but score a goal. He's playing with McKinnon and Ranton, and and he is starting to really heat up now for the Avalanche. It's good to see for him because he's gone through so many struggles. Expectations is a what, third overall pick when Tampa drafted him like a decade ago. It didn't pan out there. He went to Montreal, fizzled there. And here he is now on a very good team, playing with Ranton and McKinnon. And he's starting to thrive now, uh, John Drouin. Uh, four points in the last four games, two goals in the last four games. So good prop option there. Drouin uh, for the Avs. Nachushkin for the Avs and Duchesne especially for Dallas are definitely my favorite props there 
uh, in that uh, Avalanche Stars game tonight. Uh, should be a good one. U.S. has tied it, by the way, 2-2. So all of a sudden, uh, I got plus 140 in pocket with the U.S. money line. I can only imagine what the live money line is, probably like minus 280 or 300 now uh, that the game is tied. So we got in on it at the right time mm-hmm. with that live USA bet. Good to see 2-2 there with Finland in the World Junior Semis. All right, next up, we've got Calgary-Nashville, which is, of course, Jay Rosehill's current home, the Calgary uh, Alberta, Calgary Flames, Nashville Predators, uh, Nashville uh, minus 120 home favorites. Uh, the total in this one, six shaded to the over. This is hands down my favorite draw of this card, 100%. This has overtime and shootout all over it here. Uh, Calgary's been the king of the one-goal game lately. I mean, they've played so many close games. And even the Philly game, you know, back and forth, looked like Calgary was pulling away. It still ends a one-goal game, and Philly nearly tied it uh, over the weekend. So they've been in nothing but close, tight games. We don't necessarily always trust Nashville to pull away uh, and win games by margin, unless, of course, they're playing the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, sorry to say, uh, Alex. But uh, other than that, no, more, more often than not, they're playing uh, pretty close, tight hockey. There's really no reason to pick a side here. I think it's a coin flip. Nashville could win at home. Calgary could win. I think it's going to be a close game. Nothing more to do than bet the draw. It's a clear choice for this better. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Flames, Predators. I mean, when you look at the, this this extensive history, uh, going back, we're talking about five of the last nine games, six of the last 11 have gone past regulation. Wow. I mean, the, the, in the fact that we're, we're actually lucky to be even getting plus 300 or higher with this. I'm, I see plus 320, plus 325. This is easily one of those uh, spots where if, if we see this matchup to, you know, a month from now, two months from now, this might even be plus 290, plus 280 uh, grabbing the draw. So definitely shop around, get the best price. You really never want to go under 300, plus 300 with a, a draw play, honestly. But yeah, like we can get this at plus 320. This is definitely uh, the shot worth taking. I also like the first period over here, too. I was able to grab minus thirty with that. Also want to shop around and look for the best price on that. Yeah, Calgary. And by the way, UC Soros confirmed in net for Nashville. We expected to see Jacob Markstrom for Calgary, although it's not confirmed. But yeah, this series history is fucking bonkers when it goes to, when it comes to games that go past regulation. You mentioned it, Alex. Five of the last nine head-to-head meetings, Flames versus Predators, have gone to overtime or a shootout. And you can get plus three fifty at FanDuel still with the draw for this game. Plus three fifty, so get on that. That's a great. That price is too high, and plus three fifty is your average draw price for a lot of games. Shouldn't be this high for that for this game with that series history, with how both teams play so many one goal games as well. So it's a it's a really good look here. The draw, favorite draw of the night for sure. Uh, Rosie, what do you think here? Calgary, Nashville. Yeah, I'm just gonna take uh, I'm gonna take the over in the game. I just I don't think Mark Strum, if he's going, is is out of his uh, is is back to form the way he was a couple of years ago. Uh, I'm even gonna follow that up with the, the first period. He's famous for letting in one two quick ones off the bat, and uh, I think just him, you know, doing the things. I mean, I know he's pulled out of it a little bit lately, but I just don't think he's all the way out of it. And if he's if he's still fighting in any way, shape, or form, I think that over in the first period will hit uh, right away as well. Hop on the Gus bus. Don't need to discuss much. Get a goal. Uh, Gustav, Gustav Nyquist. We're going back to the well. This guy, I never thought. I never thought I'd be rolling along on a Gust, Gustav Nyquist prop betting binge at any point this season because I thought, you know, his better days are behind him, you know, when he was in Detroit. Uh, but sure enough, here in Nashville this year, and since he's been playing with uh, O'Reilly and Forsberg, you know, on that top line, he's been excellent. 
and he's producing every night for Nashville pretty much lately. So uh, the Gus bus, Gustav Nyquist, Gus Nyquist, we're going back to props for him tonight in this game. For Calgary, um, I'm going to go with Blake Coleman again. Blake Coleman, four goals, one assist, uh, and five points in the last four games. Keep in mind, Calgary is like the Texas of Canada. So from that standpoint, you know, Blake Coleman's from Texas. I think he likes actually playing for Cal. It's not always easy to say, hey, I want to play for in Calgary. I legitimately think Blake Coleman likes playing in Calgary because there's so many elements of Texas, you know, in Calgary, Alberta. So they're similar. Yeah, and Jay, you can speak to that, right? Yeah, you bet. There's uh I mean, I know I know Calgarians like going down to Texas and and yep. seeing the that 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 area down there that's a lot of similarities and uh, a lot of times people from around here really are jealous of what they have down there in a lot of different ways. So uh, absolutely, I agree with you there. Home of one of the great, and you don't have to be a cowboy or uh, have any uh, uh, grand feelings for Texas to to admit and, and enjoy the Calgary Stampede every year. That's one of the uh, massive events, of course, uh, in Calgary. It's an institution there, that annual rodeo event in July. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. You don't have to be a country music fan or a rodeo fan to enjoy that. Uh, that is uh, for sure. It's a big event uh, out there. No doubt about it. Uh, all right. Next up, we've got the Islanders, the Thailanders, I should say, uh, against the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Uh, we've got uh, the Islanders minus 120 road favorites, six the total here in this game. Um, Islanders off that overtime loss to Colorado, uh, looking to bounce back here against Arizona, who all of a sudden, you know, have stumbled a little bit here these last couple games, even at home here. Uh, where they're still 12 and six here on home ice this year, uh, but they've uh, lost to Florida four to one uh, the other night. We'll see if they can bounce back from that uh, performance. It's still Arizona or pass for me in this game at home. They're still too good on this uh, here at Mullet Arena, uh, or uh, and uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see them win this game. I just the Islanders to me are just way too erratic. Um, they've obviously struggled a lot more defensively this season. They've been scoring more goals as well, and we saw more evidence of that. Uh, with the uh, game against Colorado. Sorokin and Ingram, by the way, uh, is going to be the uh, goaltending matchup tonight. Uh, Ingram back in net where, you know, to be honest with you, he's played uh, pretty well this season, and he's coming off a shutout as well uh, against Anaheim uh, in his last start. Remember, it was Vemelka who got the uh, start in net for the uh, loss to Florida the other night. So um, Eileen, Arizona, I might have a small bet on them, but primarily, you know what we're doing here. We're going back to Draw Island. We're looking for another successful stay, a nice trip to beautiful Draw Island here. It's nice accommodations. Uh, it's a very, very good to the pocketbook. Uh, draw Island is just such a wonderful place. So back to the Thailanders here in the draw tonight, once again with the uh, New York Islanders. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Islanders, Coyotes. Yeah, right there with you on, on the on the draw here. But I also like the over, but I'm going to wait and try and get a five and a half and plus money in game. I don't think we're going to see a lot of scoring early. I think we'll have time to get that five and a half drop and we should be able to get it within the pick and range or even plus money. So that's that's the spot I'm taking. Uh, I can definitely see this one kind of being a two, two, three, three kind of a, a, of a contest. And like I said, the Islanders are just find their way into overtime, uh, you know, it, had you know big leads they blow them you know come from behind and come back and find their way to get getting in the overtime so that's just uh they're a magnet for it right now so the draw and looking for a live over yeah i lean over too the only hesitancy is it's a strong under 
series history uh, between the Islanders and Coyotes. But I certainly am not looking to bet an Islander game under because let's be real, they've kind of changed their spots this year. Uh, years past, no offense, all defense. This year, the defense and goaltending's taken a huge step back, especially with Pelican Pollock being out have been a huge problem for the Islanders. And now you've got, I think, more defensive injuries. Bortuzzo's on IR. So who the hell have you got back on that blue line right now uh, after Dobson and Romanov? You've got Mike R- and Mayfield, I like. But after that, you've got Mike Riley, who's been a journeyman. Sebastian Ajo, the other, of course, Sebastian Ajo. Samuel Bulduk. I mean, that's pretty thin on the blue line right now for the Islanders. And that's definitely something you're concerned about. As far as props go, the former Leaf, uh, Alex Kerfoot, I'm telling you, he's on fire at the moment uh, for the uh, Arizona Coyotes. And, uh, you know, his props are worth a look at the moment. No question about that. He has been producing for the Coyotes. Uh, He's got three goals, five assists, eight points in the last seven games. So a big-time heater right now for Alex Kerfoot. And you can get his goal prop right now uh, at an incredible price. So, uh, you know, you get the value on someone that's clearly feeling it right now and really uh, on a bit of a hot streak for the uh, Coyotes right now, uh, Alex uh, Kerfoot. Uh, So, again, you can get him at plus uh, 380 uh, in some spots to score a goal tonight. So there's definitely some value on that, no question about it. Plus 380 to score a goal for a guy that's been – producing lately for the coyotes uh rosie what do you think here islanders coyotes yeah i'm just liking the um like you said there's there's teams that are scoring in bunches and they're having trouble keeping the puck out of your net uh if you can get that at 5.5 it'd be amazing uh even at six um i don't need it at all and that's the one thing that stands out to me that you guys uh you guys mentioned a lot but that's the one thing that i'm gonna tell yeah, I wouldn't argue with that. I would maybe take a look, too, for the Islanders. Simon Holmstrom, a streaky scorer. He got on the board the other night. Uh, he doesn't, you know, he's a shorthanded goal-scoring dynamo as well. He's been absolutely outstanding, uh, no question. All right, next up, we've got the Ottawa Senators and the Seattle Kraken uh, in the Emerald City. Uh, Seattle minus 125, home favorites. The total six and a half shaded to the under uh, in this game. Um, this is a bit of a question. No, look, Seattle is on this red hot run right now. They've gotten themselves right back into the wild card mix uh, with this uh, great stretch of hockey they've put together. Uh, five straight wins. Uh, they're seven and two in their last nine games. Uh, very impressive stuff. Their only losses were an overtime or a shootout. So they haven't lost in regulation in nine straight games, Seattle. So they are clearly playing better. But you know, a lot of close games, a lot of one goal games, and a lot of games where it's on the backs of their goaltending. The LA game, they got outshot, but one. Anaheim, they got outshot, but one. Calgary, they got outshot, but one. Vegas, they got outshot, but one. Three nothing in the Winter Classic uh, on Monday. So, how much of it is they're playing great? And how much of it is their goaltending is bailing their fucking ass out right now? And I think that that's part of it is that Joey Decord, in particular, has been sensational. And Alex and I, you can go back to Ice Guys shows during the spring last year when they were making that run in the AHL playoffs to the Calder Cup final with Coachella Valley. Mm-hmm. We said, look out for Joey Decord. He played great down there for them. And now look at the way he's playing. He gets the Coco Cup, the first ever from TNT for uh, Winter Classic MVP for his uh, performance in that win against Vegas on Monday. It's tough to buck Seattle, but man, they're skirting by on getting outshot, outplayed, and the goaltending's kind of bailing them out, and they're off the winter classic game. It kind of feels like that flat spot waiting to happen, and Ottawa just got embarrassed 
out of the gate against Vancouver the other night. You'd think they respond. And the one thing about Ottawa is when they lose their previous game, they usually get a good effort from them uh, the next time out. It's after a win they don't get it done. You know, they're kind of like a Buffalo in that regard. They can't put two good games in a row together, but off a loss, especially under Martin, they've been pretty good. Uh, so I would expect a better effort. I actually like Ottawa a little bit here. Uh, tough to trust them, but plus 105 in this spot. I don't mind taking a shot here with the Ottawa Senators tonight. Alex, what do you think? Senators cracking. Mm, not so fast, my friend. This this is the only side that I actually have a bet on as of right now, and it's the Seattle Kraken. I got it uh, minus right. 22 at FanDuel. And like I said, you know, they're in good form right now. You mentioned about Joey Decord. You know, he's been playing fantastic. Like so we saw this, uh, you know, that blossoming moment being, like I said, that second half run and, and Calder Cup run that he made with Coachella Valley last year. He seems to be poised and ready to to kind of take the reins here. And if Seattle's going to make a run toward the playoffs, it's going to be on the back of Joey Decord. Like you said, it's going to be him, you know, putting in a solid effort night in and night out. And now he's going up against a team that drafted him. Uh, of course, we remember that when he made that, uh, you know, his call up with Ottawa had a couple of good games and all of a sudden had that drastic ACL tear uh, that kind of ended his career. Next thing you know, he ends up uh, kind of shuffling around for a bit. So, uh, you know, it, things have kind of come full circle for Joy Decord. Like I said, getting that the nice win uh, with the Winter Classic. I think Seattle can ride that momentum off of the Classic in the outdoor game and get a win here. So uh, I like them all the way up to minus $1.30. I think Decord has a good showing against his old club. I love it. We don't get enough disagreements from Alex and I on this show. I mean, uh, but I love it the times we do. So uh, Alex, like, look, he's riding the hot hand. I mean, there's no doubt which team's in better form right now. That's Seattle. I just think a lot of it is Decord. I mean, uh, how long can you go? You know, you're getting outplayed and you're you're not – the run of play is not in Seattle's favor in a lot of these wins, and yet they're still finding ways to win because Decord's been that good and they've been getting the saves when they need it. So And, and that's the mark of a good team. That's a mark of a good team right now. That this is and what they're opportunistic on their own chances. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And this is what you're supposed yep. to be doing in the dog days of January and February. You, you you're getting outplayed, but then you find ways to to grit out those wins and get those two points. These points now will loom a lot larger when they're in the middle of that wild card race in February and March and April. There you go. All right, Rosie, the pressure's on. I think you have a tie to break here. Uh, oh. What do you think, Ottawa, Seattle? It's tough. I'm just worried about riding Seattle and, you know, if you've been doing that, good for you, but uh, they're, they're kind of due for a fall from grace. And like you say, it's not because they've, they've got their, their game in 100% full form. So I could see them taking a little step back. Um, I do think they'll, they'll put some points on the board, but if, uh, if Ottawa shows up, which they, they tend to do under Jacques Martin, when they are coming off a loss, um, you could pick, uh, yeah, it's just so damn tough, man. I don't feel great about either of those, and especially that you guys are disagreeing. It's It makes it tough, but uh, something I look at is like over two and a half goals for the Seattle crack, and I think they'll come out scoring. Whether that's enough to get it done or not, I, I can't quite say, but um, that's just one thing that just kind of pops out to me while I'm scrolling here. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's a fascinating game because you could make – it's definitely not a great Seattle spot, but is Ottawa good enough to capitalize and – like I say, even if Seattle doesn't play well and gets outplayed, well, those are the games they've been winning lately. So they could still find a way. So it's a fascinating matchup. As far as the props go for this game, I'm going to go back to Tatar with Beneers and Eberly on the uh, top line. Wenberg's actually been pretty good. Tolvanen's been pretty good lately as well uh, on that third line, been making an impact for the uh, Kraken. And then for Ottawa, really their best players lately in terms of offensive punch have been Batherson's been excellent. I'd maybe take a look at Norris and Vladdy Tarasenko got going the last game against Vancouver, and we know he can be streaky. So when you start to see him produce, 
Maybe you ride it uh, moving forward with him because he usually scores in bunches when he makes an impact offensively. All right, next up, it is uh, the Stanley Cup final rematch. Uh, and it's actually the second meeting between these two teams this season, the Florida Panthers and the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, we've got Vegas, uh, sorry, Florida in this game, minus 120 uh, road favorites. Uh, the total in this one, six shaded to the over. Here's another dubious spot. You got Vegas off the win. Now they were a losing team in the Winter Classic. So maybe there's a little more focus here. Uh, coming off the Winter Classic, he got shut out by Seattle uh, in that game, uh, looking to bounce back here against the uh, Florida Panthers. Florida's already gotten there, I guess, quote unquote. You know, it's not even full revenge. I mean, yeah, I knew they'd be up to play Vegas in Florida a couple weeks ago, first time since the Stanley Cup final when Vegas bounced them. And they played one of their better games, Florida. They beat Vegas 4-2, to two, but they badly outplayed them. 42-25 shots advantage for the Panthers. So they were full marks for that victory. Uh, in that game, uh, I just uh, to me, Vegas has got a lot of issues in terms of health right now. Uh, there's Logan Thompson has been OK, but not great since he's been back. They're down Theodore on the blue line. They're down Hutton on the blue line. Aiden Hill's still out. And now you got William Carlson on IR. And William Carlson has been one of their best forwards this year. He's got 32 points this year in uh, in uh, 38 games for the Vegas Golden Knights. He's been very good. So that's a tough loss for the Golden Knights to deal with. I know Vegas, you know, lost to Florida 4-2 on the road, but still this is a team that's 1 and 5 in their last 6. The only win was against the uh, LA Kings in a game that was a one-goal victory. They're not exactly playing great hockey. Florida is. Florida's on a roll. They've won 5 in a row, and I usually like to look in a battle of pretty good teams. I usually like to look for the team that just lost to the opponent a couple weeks ago like Vegas did in Florida, but Vegas is too banged up and they're not in good form right now. So I like Florida here. I agree with the move toward Florida here. Minus one twenty. I think they'll be up again to beat Vegas. They don't like Vegas. Who the fuck would they took the Stanley cup from them last June? You know, that was what caused them to have their season. That great Cinderella run beating, uh, you know, Boston beating Toronto, beating Carolina, getting to the Stanley cup final. And they were that close and Vegas took it away from them. I think every time Florida takes the ice to play Vegas this season, they want to beat them, you know, and not that Vegas doesn't want to win too, but especially for Florida, there is major inspiration anytime now that they're going to play the Vegas school. And they're playing great hockey. Kachuk's heating up. Verhage's on fire. Barkov's playing well. Reinhardt's ha having this incredible season. You know, there's a lot to like about Florida's game right now. And goalie Bob is starting to play like playoff Bobrovsky uh, the last few games as well. So I like Florida as the short road favorite here. Whew. There's my Panther sound. Got to get it out there. Florida, minus 120 for me in this one. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Panthers, Golden Knights. Yeah, I mean, I, I expect to see a, a spirited Panthers uh, bunch here, and especially in Vegas. You know, I think that makes the difference, too. Whenever we talk about those Stanley Cup final rematches, or even playoff rematches, I think it's more pertinent to look at the team that lost that series going back to the scene of the crime, if you will. And of course, we saw how the way Vegas wrapped up that uh, you know, that uh that that cup final. Blowing them out, embarrassing them in that final game here yeah. at T Mobile Arena in Vegas. Now remember that was when they were beaten up to shit with injuries, Florida, but still, I mean, they remember the last time they were in that building, what happened. That's an excellent point. 
Yeah, so with that being said, I'm actually going to look at Florida team total over three and a half. I'm seeing uh, plus 130, plus 120, so let's chop around for that. But I think we're going to see Florida get some goals. I'm taking it, just kind of playing a little safe because if this game goes into a track meet, they get four goals and lose. I still cash the bet here. But uh, I'm leaning toward the Florida side here, but I think getting that team total, I think, like I said, they get a chance to run up the score in Vegas here in this spot. I think they'll do it. Uh, especially in front of that team old arena crowd. So give me Florida on the team total over. There you go. I got, uh, I think Florida is going to be coming out hot as well. And I've got them on the three way plus one. Just think they're going to come out. Look, it's going to be. Uh, we got a little internet uh, disruption there with uh, J- uh, Rosie on that, but he likes Florida, uh, bottom line there. Uh, liking the uh, Panthers there around uh, minus 120 uh, in uh, this game. I think, yeah, I think it's um, – look, uh, you're right. That's an actual, I, I actually had not thought about that, that the Stanley Cup final ended at T-Mobile Arena with that just romp by Vegas over – you know, it, it was one of those deals where Florida hit the wall physically, mentally – emotionally there you go jay jay's back you're on florida you like florida right yeah that's right i've taken them on the three-way i think they're going to win in regulation was i the only one that went out there crying out loud yep still got issues it happens fucking internet technology you know and they always want to jack up the prices and add to our bills every month with the internet rates and and then we have, we have to deal with this uh, yep. every now and then when it just conks out, especially when you're in the middle of a show. But, yeah, we're all making the case for Florida. I mean, sprinkle around with the props. Reinhardt's been amazing. Rodriguez is undervalued on the top line. Berhage's starting to heat up uh, for the Panthers. There's definitely different ways you could go about it with their player props. Kachuk even with four points in the last three games. Uh, Barkov with nine assists. No goals, but nine assists the last five games. Verhage, three goals, three assists, six points the last three games. Uh, different directions you could go with for player props there. You know, honestly, Mark Stone for Vegas, 16 points in the last 12 games. I mean, he's been really good for them. Uh, and really, he's been kind of the catalyst for them lately. So uh, that would be the standout prop option for me on the uh, Vegas side of the equation uh, going into this game tonight. So keep an eye on that. I'm trying to see the lineup adjustments. Dora Fiev is actually moving up to the second line. And uh, I think he's got some underrated uh, ability to finish and an underrated offensive player for the Golden Knights. So maybe you look at a prop involving him now that he's up to the uh, second line. All right, we got two games left. Uh, next up, we've got Detroit and Los Angeles. Uh, we've got the Kings, the slumping LA Kings, all of a sudden. Uh, minus 180 road favorites, uh, the total six and a half in this game. This kind of does feel like, don't the Kings have to kind of bust out here uh, and get back on track? Um, it's been a couple of rough games for them, especially at home. They have the 2 nothing start against Edmonton. Uh, they end up blowing the, that lead. They lose 3-2 in a shootout. They lost to Vegas before that, 3-2. And then they get shut out by Toronto, 3-0. And that was a clinic. I've never seen Toronto Maple Leafs put on a defensive clinic like that in a very long time like they did against the L.A. Kings uh, earlier this week. It was outstanding from start to finish. But for L.A., look, the power play's awful right now. The offense is kind of drying up at the moment. Uh, everyone's cooling off. Byfield's cooling off. Kempe's had a up-and-down season. Kopitar has been quiet lately. So at some point, you would think they've got to get going offensively. They've called up Brant Clark, who is a great defensive prospect. Not a good one, a great one. He has got the potential to be uh, at the NHL level, and he looks like he might make his debut. And they need a little—they need a little puck movement. They need a little skating ability and playmaking from the back end. 
because they're not getting enough of it right now. So Brant Clark, it would be nice to see him make his Kings debut tonight. Should spark hopefully something in terms of their transition game uh, as well. That would be good to see. They certainly have the right team to maybe get their offensive game going. Detroit has not exactly been a good defensive team lately. Their goaltending has struggled. Reimer wasn't very good when Huso and Lyon were out. And now even with Lyon back in net for Detroit, he hasn't been great. You know, he's given up uh, 12 goals in the three starts since his return. Alex Lyon, who, of course, was a big reason why Florida got into the playoffs last year with that great run he put together. You've got Lyon in net for Detroit. You've got David Riddick. Uh, big, well, he's actually been good, David Riddick, in his two previous starts for the L.A. Kings. They need to give Cam Talbot a rest. You know, he's played a lot of games. This is probably a good night to get Riddick in. And Riddick's played good, but... Guess who the two starts for fucking Big Civ Dave came from, came against? San Jose. How much stock do you put into those two starts when both of them were against the lowly San Jose Sharks? And yes, he played well, and they played well in front of him. Well, now you're facing a team that's got some potency and an ability to score goals and find the back of the net with Kane and Debrinket and David Perron is starting to heat up now for the Red Wings. And don't forget about Lucas Raymond and some of the others that are offensively capable on this Detroit team and scoring goals hasn't been an issue for Detroit. You know, it's been uh, keeping them out. Oh, and straight out of Comfer, crazy motherfucker named JT, JT Comfer. Uh, he has been very good lately for the Red Wings as well. So I'm going to go with the over again. We've talked about Detroit overs ad nauseum that they've been going over the total in just about every recent game, four straight overs for Detroit, six and one to the over in their last seven games. We don't normally think of L.A. as an over team, but my goodness, if there's ever a spot for the L.A. Kings to bust out offensively, it's tonight. And I think Detroit against David Riddick will find the back of the net tonight as well. So, And three straight head-to-head -head games have gone over the total between the Red Wings and the Kings. So I'm going to go over six and a half. It's not a total I go over with L.A., involving L.A. very often, but we've been riding these Detroit overs, and they've been coming through, so I'm going back to it here tonight what do you think Alex Red Wings Kings yeah I like first period both teams to score and I also do like that full game over but I'm gonna wait and try and grab either a six or a five and a half laying the same price uh with that six and a half so that's, that's the way I'm attacking this it's kind of playing this one a little bit small all right good stuff there Jay what do you think here Detroit LA I was going to pass on this entirely. I, I can't say that, you know, the way the Kings are playing right now, you, you think they'd pop out of their slump. But, I mean, you could have said that last game as well, or cup, last two games. But uh, it's not happening, so I was going to pass. But that that over at, uh, you know, at plus 100 there, I think that that's got reason, like you say, with Riddick and, and the way they'll be coming out, hitting the over all the time with Detroit. I don't mind that. Yeah, I definitely think you – know, I would actually probably in this spot – no. You know what? I actually might, I would lean to both team totals over quite honestly, but that's why I like the full game over. Cause I think both teams are scoring, but this is not a game where I like LA's team total more than Detroit's team total or vice versa. I think both of them could hit their team totals. And I'm not, I, I need to see David Riddick play a non San Jose sharks team in the national hockey league before I'm ready to say that, well, it's just going to be great moving forward and give up just two goals every game uh, moving forward. No, no, no. Let's see him play someone other than the San Jose Sharks first before we're ready to jump on that express because this is a guy that's had lots of bad games, uh, bad games in Calgary. We saw him a bit, Jay, with the Leafs. Bad games there with them at times. Just some brutal games, in fact, with Toronto. And that's the worst place 
Rosie to put Riddick, a team like the Leafs back when he was in Toronto, which the defensive defense was an yep. option at times yep. for the Leafs back then. Uh, so there's still the jury out on David Riddick here as he plays a better offensive team tonight with the uh, Red Wings uh, coming into town. Uh, all right, next up, it's the final game of this massive card for this Thursday, uh, Winnipeg and San Jose. We've got the uh, Jets minus 270 uh, road favorites and the total six in this game. Now, you can look at this two ways. Winnipeg's starting a little road trip here in California, and they face Anaheim, by the way, tomorrow night. So this is the front end of a back-to-back. Uh, they come off, you know, a nice home stand. Actually, they beat Winnip- they beat Minnesota on the home-and-home home over the weekend. Then they beat Tampa Bay at home. So three straight wins in a row, playing good hockey. But is this a flat spot? Is this a trap spot? Does, do the Sharks trip you up, maybe? And the Sharks have been competitive the last couple uh, against Colorado and then the loss to Detroit. They actually led in the third but then blew the lead. But the problem that I have about buying into San Jose, maybe, you know, being a live dog here is Winnipeg lost to San Jose the last time they played them. And so for that reason, does the Jets maybe have a little bit more, you know, we're not just stepping onto the ice and taking this team for granted tonight because we were in this building a month ago, December 12th, San Jose won two to one uh, against Winnipeg. So that's the big question here. I think Winnipeg, like and what I've been doing with the Sharks, as you guys as know that have been watching the show, I've been betting the opponent team total uh, over repeatedly. And for the most part, it's come through. I was on the Red Wings team total over against San Jose the other night. It ended up cashing in. I don't want to have to worry about Winnipeg winning this game. But the one thing that has become evident is San Jose's back to giving up at least four goals to their opponent in the majority of their games. So you can get Winnipeg's team total here over three and a half minus 130 at Pinnacle. I don't mind that. I'll probably have a little a small bet on that uh, here in this game. Other than that, you know, not a whole lot other than props. Hellebuck, by the way, is confirmed tonight. That's interesting by Rick Bonus because that tells me you could have played Hellebuck tomorrow night on the back to back, but you played him tonight against San Jose. I think that's why my thought process with Winnipeg losing to San Jose last month. I think there's something to that. They know they lost to this team the last time they played them. They don't want that shit to happen again. So that's why Hellebuck's in here tonight. So I'm going to go with the Jets here, team total, uh, over three and a half, minus 130. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Jets, Sharks. This is a complete pass for me. I got nothing. I'm not watching it, not betting it. I'm just a complete pass. (laughs) And he's certainly not watching it with the Randy Hahn feed. Uh, that is uh, for sure. <laughs> Although you've been giving him some nice, you even go, you even said that a few had, of those calls he made. Were he good. had a couple of good calls. Yeah, he had a couple of good calls when they were winning the comebacks. Yes, I, I will give him that. But uh, yeah, not not making it a habit of listening to him at nine thirty at night on a, on a regular basis. By the way, I mentioned Chris Cuthbert, who does the majority of the Leaf games. I should point out he's on the radar potentially for a player suite interview on this show in the summer. Uh, reached out to him and he uh, he's interested. And uh, Chris Cuthbert, of course, longtime great play-by-play broadcaster. I still remember one of the great cup calls he made. Winston October in November. I, I mean, it was mm. it was just a great call because the great cups in November every year. He's the king of the puns. Like he comes through with some really good uh, calls. There's no doubt about it. And uh, so uh, enjoy Chris Cuthbert. He might be one of our player suite uh, interviews over the uh, summer months. Uh, Jay, what do you think here? This final game, Winnipeg, San Jose. Uh, I just think that uh, Winnipeg is going to be wanting to start their road trip in the right way. Uh, they got Hellebuck in there, but I'm not really riding too much other than the first period over right now. I think you can get that at uh, 
sorry, not first period over the Jets first period money line. I think they're going to come out and take it to them and, and be going into the first intermission with the lead. I like that. I like what Cuban's going with. Morgan Barron is starting to really pick it up for Winnipeg offensively. Two goals, two assists, and four points in the last four games for the Winnipeg Jets. That is someone to keep an eye on right now. Uh, yeah, obviously, Ehlers and Shifley uh, are always a threat to score goals. Velarde, although he's cooled off just a little bit the last few games. Perfetti, Nemesnikov, Niederreiter. But, you know, Morgan Barron is slowly, you know, creeping up to, uh, and making things happen offensively. And right now in this game tonight against San Jose, he was already on my prop list. And I know the the, pro, the, the price for Morgan Barron is absolutely outstanding tonight. I'm just taking a look and confirming it uh, now. Uh, but it is a really, really good price, plus 520 for Morgan Barron tonight. That's not That's definitely the kind of prop price I like to see and bet when it comes to goal score props. So, not bad at all with uh, Morgan Barron for the Winnipeg Jets. Definitely some good value there. It's hard to bet San Jose props because you don't trust them to score. They did get to three goals the other night against Detroit. But if you're going to bet someone, bet Fabian Zetterland. He has been the one guy that's really been finding the back of the net for San Jose the last week or two. So that would be my favorite prop on their side uh, in this game. All right, there you have it. The Thursday NHL card. Every single game, it's a huge, massive slate. Shout out to everyone in the chat, 278 live viewers. Hit the like button if you haven't done so uh, already. Uh, unexpectedly, we had a, a change of plans for Rosie. He was able to hang in there for the entire show with us, and it's still 2-2, by the way, USA-Finland with 12 minutes to go in the third period. But uh, excellent stuff, Jay. We always love having you on the uh, show. I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, that's uh, that's not my wheelhouse, breaking down that much information and va and uh, carrying it upstairs like you guys do. My goodness, you guys do a good job at it, and it's fun to tail you on a bunch of stuff and 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 see where you're coming from on a lot of these takes. So uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah. Before we you let you go though, we got to get a bar uh, if you have one a bargain bin special. You haven't been on the show. We only started the segment this year, the bargain bin special of the night, which is a prop of plus three hundred or better that we give out on the show, our favorite, like big value, big plus money player props. So if you've got one in mind, we all have a few minutes to think of one here. So okay. if you got one in mind, uh, let us know because that segment's coming up. But first, we got to do our house cleaning. And of course, that is reminding everyone about the Patreon page, uh, patreon.com slash ice guys, uh, just $10 per month. Uh, make sure you get on there, our daily card, all our sides, totals, player props, posted there on the patreon page every day goalie charts totals charts and more we're going to have more exclusive videos and shows uh only available to patreon members uh in the new year including our first patreon exclusive live betcast coming later in january a date to be announced we're going to drop it on everybody the day of the betcast uh and uh, that will happen later this month and that will be in addition to the main betcast which is taking place Tuesday, January 16th. So make sure you check it out. Sign up. Your $10 per month to help uh, ensure the show keeps going for years. Like I said, Alex and I have visions of doing this show in 10 years from now. No joke. Yeah. Uh, we think we're going to be doing this for a long time. It's, uh, uh, so thanks for the support. Patreon.com slash Ice Guys, just $10 per month. And check out the Ice Guys store as well. Great new gear and merch for the new year. IceGuys.MySpreadShop.com. Yeah, we've got all of the classic merch like this T-shirt right here. We've got all the new stuff like the all the uh, the the Thailanders and Draw Island merch. 
The Toronto Maple Draw shirt is being held up a little bit. We did kind of. It's coming. Toronto Maple Draws. I know you want that shirt. Come on. Uh, yeah, we, we, we got the shirt coming soon, but we kind of made that logo a little too close to what it looks like uh, as far as the real team logo goes. So we had a little, <laughs> uh, little snafu with that. So we got to redesign that a little bit. So that shirt will be coming soon, but we got all kind of great merch. And you can get it right now at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. All right, great Ooh. stuff. Make sure you check that out. All right, it is time for Bargain Bin Special uh, of the Night. Alex, uh, we'll start with you on this one. Uh, what do you got lined up for Bargain Bin Special tonight? Yeah, I kept it perfectly hidden because I didn't like anything else really in the game, but it's uh, going out to Manhattan. You got the Blackhawks taking on the New York Rangers. And another friend of this segment, uh, K. Andre Miller. We're rolling with him plus 700 to get a goal here. Uh, I just feel where the Hawks, they've been giving up a lot of these seeing-eye shots, a lot of shots to the point. You know, and we know the Rangers, they can get that traffic off and running and going. I think Keandre Miller, we cashed one with him earlier this year, and he's not a guy to really light up the lamp too often, but I got a good feeling he's going to get one here tonight. So give me the St. Paul uh, native, Keandre Miller, plus 700 against the Hawks tonight. My bargain been special. How about that price? How's that for a bargain been special? Like I say, that's getting a filet mignon for $2 right there. If Keandre Miller hits plus 700 for the New York Rangers uh, to score a goal tonight for Alex B. Smith with his bargain bin special of the night. All right, Rosie, what do you th- what do you got for us here for your bargain? Uh, it's you plus one? 325, you've mentioned it, but being a Leafs fan, doing a Leaf-centric po- podcast, we get this a lot, but guys that tend to leave our team, go to their new team and have flourishing years. So I got Alex Kerfoot at plus 325. Uh, I think he can pop out there and, and get another one. Like you said, he's hotter than a pistol right now. So we're going to take him. I like it. That's on my prop card tonight. You can get upwards of plus 350 at Batano, this uh, Ontario sports book. There's like a million sports books right now uh, in Ontario. Uh, and Batano is one of them. And they have plus 350 right now uh, on Alex Kerfoot for Arizona to uh, score a goal. I like that. Uh, and that is definitely one I'll be on tonight. I've talked myself into the, the last game we just talked about with Morgan Barron. Uh, plus 520, very noticeable. Uh, he's been absolutely terrific with two goals, two assists, four points in the last uh, couple of games, uh, starting to heat up for the Winnipeg Jets. So I'm going to go with that. Morgan Barron, Winnipeg Jets tonight uh, to find the uh, back of the net. And again, plus 520 uh, for Morgan Barron for the Winnipeg Jets. Really like that value. There's a bunch I like as well, but we'll go with that one for my bargain bin special uh, of the night. We are red hot with best bets right now, all right? So it has been a great run. Uh, everyone, me, Alex, uh, Matt Robinson when he's joined the show, Zach Urban, everybody, we're doing a nice job with best bets right now. It's been a great run post-Christmas. We'll see another 2-0 and sweep last night. We'll see if we can keep it going tonight. Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? Well, there we go. We're going with the the old standard, it seems like. The Dallas Stars in the first period over. Going up against Colorado, that's going to be a fun back-and-forth game. I'm liking goals early and often. So we're going that first period over. One and a half. Shop around. You can find that as low as... I don't know where my whole screen went. (laughs) Minus $1.35 is what I'm seeing at Caesars, Bet Online, and a couple other shops. That's the cheapest price available. So we go Stars. First period over with the abs. That's my best bet. All right. I like that one a lot. Colorado, Dallas. First period over. How can you not? What is it now? I think 17-2 and in the last... 19 Dallas games to the first period over. Hard to buck that trend. Avstar's first period over. Best bet for Alex B. Smith. Jay Rosehill, outstanding job. 
And it's not easy. Like uh, we <laughs> JN on a 13 game card. He's probably uh, we're busting his balls here, trying to get him to work, hard, work his tail off here to get ready and handicap this card with us. But he did an outstanding job. Yeah. Uh, Jay, what do you got for best bet? Uh, I'm going to my last one I made there. It's the the Jets first period money line. I think they're excited to be on the road. They're ready to to go and put the hammer down. And when the boys get on the road, they tend to come together a lot of the times. And I know what it's like to play that uh, that first game on a road trip. Um, I think they're looking for their cookies. Everyone's going to be thinking of starting the road trip in the right way. And first period money line is the best way to do that. And I think you can get out about plus 120, I see, on Bet365. All right, there we go. Uh, first period puck line, that is. Yeah, minus a half, sure. plus 120, uh, plus 125 for the uh, Winnipeg Jets. First period puck line for uh, Jay Rosehill with his uh, best bet for this Thursday card. My best bet for this Thursday slate. Um, look, uh, I like the way they're playing right now. I like the way they're playing. I know they already beat this team a couple weeks ago, but now they're going to play them in their building where their season ended in that gut-wrenching blowout with everybody on the fucking infirmary ward for Florida because they were so banged up. They're going to remember. I think you get a great game out of them and a good chance for a victory tonight in Sin City for the Florida Panthers. Florida Panthers minus 120. Uh, for my best bet here for this Thursday NHL card. Uh, that'll wrap up this edition of the show. Awesome stuff. Hit the like button on the way out. Uh, final words from you, uh, Jay, before we uh, say goodbye. Uh, promote anything you want to promote, too. Hey, yeah, just uh, Leafs Morning Take, uh, wherever you can find your podcast and on YouTube, and as well the new show, Department of Discipline. If you guys uh, follow hockeyfights.com and have for as long as all of us have, we got a podcast out with uh, me and Ryan Pinder. We do it once a week, usually drops on Thursday, sometimes Friday. But uh, yeah, we go down the rabbit holes of whatever's happening in the hockey world that week. Yeah, and Jay's giving uh, George Peros a run for his money. He's going after his job there at the Department of Player Safety. No, you don't want that job. Too fucking stressful. And you, no decision you make is ever a good one. Yeah, no, thank you. He, uh, he's got his hands full. He can have that job. I'm happy doing what I'm doing. So thanks for having me, boys. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, no Great stuff. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. For Alex B. Smith, for our guest, Jay Rosehill, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Thursday night. Enjoy the games and good luck, and we will talk to you tomorrow on a Beantown Friday edition of the Ice Guys. 